see most of the human race killed off because it is unworthy. It is unworthy of the gift of life. I don't care what society thinks. They're nothing anyway. They're no better than me. Until we have a safe word, we will not stop. Got me? You can hear me? Got ya. Awesome. Hey, this is uh, Jason Rouse and welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. Uh, my guest on a, uh, what day is it today? Uh, what is it, Tuesday, I think? Tuesday. November, the, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> it all kind of blends together here. There's no weather, so it, everything just kind of looks the same here. November 14th. And my guest is uh, Andrew Ryan Fox. That's correct. Uh, from Toronto, as I can see by your Toronto Maple Leafs hat. Yeah, I'm kind of repping the whole thing today yeah, with the gotta, shirt and the hat and the whole thing. Yeah, that shirt. I uh, I didn't recognize the graphic, but I knew the initials right away. A uh, bunch of fucking goofs. You're the only person here who does. Everybody else, a big friendly giant. What does BFG uh, <laughs> mean? Nobody fucking knows here. So. Do you want to explain? Uh, well, first of all. You're uh, you're a musician who's made the transition into uh, comedy. Yeah, yeah, I was in a band called the Three Tards in Canada for about 15 years almost, mm-hmm. and then yeah, when we we broke up, and you know, I still wanted to kind of be on stage. And comedy is actually something I did. I shouldn't say I did. Comedy is something I wanted to do when I was a kid, and mm-hmm. then like 20 fuck 25 years ago, when I was like 13, back when I, I did like two amateur nights at the Yuck Yucks up in when it was still in Yorkville. In and, Yorkville, and, yeah, no like, way. This is like 1993, right? No so, shit. How old were you? How I was 13. Old, how old are you now? Uh, 37, almost oh, okay. 38. Um, and wow. yeah, so I did those two, and then apparently, like, it, it, it became a big disruption in my school, and they talked to my folks to like stop, and uh. my folks stopped me from doing it which and then i found out you know about a year later i found drugs and punk rock and i kind of forgot about comedy but then <laughs> for like for like 20 years i dined out on it or i was like anytime i'd meet somebody he's oh yeah i did comedy for my two fucking image yeah, yeah yeah and finally i was working at uh, Fillmore's in toronto of all fucking places oh the strip um, club. the strip club yeah i was i de- like it yeah it's great it's the now that jilly's is gone it's about the dirtiest strip club in the city now jilly's yeah, i know what a shame uh so i was djing there like i emceeing and one of the other MCs was a comic and he ran a room and I, I kept talking he's like you know what why don't you shut the fuck up and come do fucking stand up again and uh, you know I kind of miss being on stage so I went and did it and then you know how it goes the first show was great because all my friends were there and then exactly. the second show I fucking yeah. pumped horribly and then I was like well now I have to keep fucking doing it because it's you know you got to gotta, gotta get redeem good. yourself. Yeah. And then I ate shit for like two years and then mm-hmm. finally started to get not bad. And so it's been what, six years now or so I've been doing stand up. So that two year part, that growth period in early in your career, that's a, I think is a comedian coming up in Toronto. Two years is kind of when you find your stride. At I think so. I did anyway, right? A year and a half, two years. And then you, you start to kind of get a, a little more, well, you know, ideally 
well-rounded picture of what to do in stand-up. I think so. Well, I think, yeah, and it was about the year and a half, two-year mark where I actually, people would actually pay me once in a while to do stand-up. And, yeah. and I was, you know, kind of started to get semi-professional at it. And then I was in Mexico for a couple of years. I, I got a job and I was living in Playa del Carmen. And what the hell you doing in Mexico? I, it, was, it was weird. I got a, I was working for an HVAC company and they, like, in their, like, uh, managing a call center for them and they sent me down there to open a call center in Mexico because mm-hmm. it was cheaper to do it there yeah. than to have one here. But there, like, the town in Playa del Carmen, there were, like, five other Canadian comic or four Canadian and one American comic actually living in Playa and they had a show so I started doing it and we did shows like two shows a week for tourists for like two years how far is it from Mexico City oh it's far it's south of Cancun about an hour south of Cancun okay so like on the Caribbean coast very Uh, touristy town a lot of Canadians yeah tons tons yeah yeah. yeah. so we did comedy yeah two years doing two shows a week uh which is great for, you know, being able to be on stage in front of people, but not so good for, you know, like working out new material or anything because you're literally... Tourism. It's yeah. not really... They're not they're really there. They want to see celebrities mm-hmm. and they want to gawk. They're not really interested in finding your craft. No, they don't want to, you know, so like if you wanted to work on a new bit, you could kind of slowly over the course of several weeks kind of slip it in among... But, you know, yeah. you're, you're getting paid to kind of be entertaining to people your cruise so, ship act exactly it's exactly what it is it's like being a boat act it's exactly the same kind of thing except for you're on land but other than that and so yeah so two years of that and then back to toronto and then i was in vancouver doing stand-up for about a year um i'm not a big fan of the vancouver comedy scene but no uh, it's, it's it's very mirrors the la comedy scene with none of the stakes yeah well exactly that's what it is it's 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 a similar sort of mentality but there's just there's not really anywhere and it's just it's tough to grind there too like there's just there's just not enough there, there aren't enough rooms there's just not mm-hmm. enough stuff going on well i you know, i started there in vancouver in vancouver and there was nothing there yeah. was zero there was you know uh laugh lines uh, and then there was punchlines, which closed literally the month that I was going to start comedy uh, in Gastown. And there was no Yuck Yucks there yet. Yeah, yeah. There or was, was there? Yeah, yeah. Yuck Yuck. That's where I started. I did my first show with uh, Seth Rogen. Oh, he nice. started around that time. And uh, it was at the Plaza Nations in uh, Vancouver. And it was next to a nightclub called The Rage. Hmm. And at 11 o'clock, the nightclub would open up. And the people who got tickets... All the most of the people who bought tickets were using them these to get into free to the club. So all these fucking suburban knuckleheads would come down with their cunt girlfriends <laughs> and uh, disrupt the show because they were antsy because they wanted to go and fucking dance to uh, Big Shiny Tunes One. God. And then halfway through somebody's set, the room would just stand up on mass and walk upstairs. And, and, yeah. and worse than that, before that they open up, they become anxious because they hear. Next door from the music, yeah, and then fuck. they were like, "Oh, our party's starting!" And they start like looking nightmare. at their watches and stuff. <laughs> but very, very politically correct audiences. I- extremely, yeah. That was the one thing. Vancouver is actually the first place I went where, like, when I went into a room, I was given a list of topics I wasn't allowed to talk. Whoa, about. yeah, like which really surprised me because I mean, Whoa. like this, like fuck you, yeah, like it's hand like, in your fucking card. No, except like, and I'm not like I don't really do rape jokes or you know like 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 racial stuff or anything. Just not because I have any problem with it. I, there's some great rape jokes out there. Like if you're able to do it, I just it's not for me. I don't. I, mm-hmm. It's not. I, I don't particularly. I didn't honestly. You more or less like the act than the jokes. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That's that's. I, I don't like to. T- I don't. I don't like to give away my secrets. Um, no, it's just. I. But it's just like. Oh, fuck. I love hearing. I don't like being told I can't do it if well, I want first to. First of all, it's none of their business. That's your personal. Well, exactly. If somebody shit. doesn't fucking no, but and they're like, well, there's servers here who will be triggered if you do, and it's like, yeah. well, you know something. Well, like, I, there's going to be smokers outside too, and a lot of those people have quit smoking. So get a hold of yourself. 
No, it was ridiculous. Like you couldn't, not just that you couldn't do like, and again, like I don't do any racist jokes or anything, or even like the kind of mock, you know, like for shock value kind of shit. It's just, it's, sure. again, it's not what I do, but like, it's not that you couldn't do that. You couldn't talk about anything race related. You mm-hmm. couldn't like, like, like nothing. You couldn't bring up race at all. Like it wasn't a topic that you were allowed. But to you know. can say nigger on stage. Well, of course. I mean, that's a given, right? Everywhere. Yeah. And that's anywhere. the problem is Vancouver doesn't have enough black people to balance out the white guilt and fucking hipster horseshit. Yeah, there's like three black people in all of Vancouver. I know. I lived there from 93 to 96, and I saw two black people. It's a little unnerving when there's a, a majority of any uh, race or, or religion in anywhere. I don't subscribe to any other politics and horseshit, but it's freaky. I, I did my undergrad in Newfoundland and St. John and <laughs> that's uh, fun. St. John's is fun. But, but like, I remember when I first got to St. John's, they have the, uh, you've been there. Yeah. They have the, that, they, the George street festival they have every year, mm. uh, in August, which is just this, which huge, is every weekend. Yeah. Basically. Technically, technically it's every George street is like, was it more bars per square foot than anywhere in North America yeah. or something like it's crazy and vomit too. Yeah. Oh, and just fights, just drunk and newfies <laughs> beating the shit out of each other. But then they have this thing called regatta at the end of the George street festival which is this big boat race carnival thing and it was like two days after i moved there and i went to this and it was this huge carnival with like fifty thousand people there and they were all fucking white which to me like i grew up in toronto i'd never been in a room with 10 people where at least four of them were not it was fucking scary to be surrounded by just that many white people all at the same time it was like being in a like a huge clan rally or something it was very weird go to iceland yeah exactly (laughs) it's exactly well my first wife was swedish so i spent some time in stockholm so it was very similar to that yeah very my uh engagement was to a swedish girl i lived in stockholm for a few years yeah it's nice stockholm i love it what years were you in stockholm we weren't there that long we just uh, there a short over like the winter of like uh, just a few years ago, the winter of 2014. Okay, and I uh, moved. Yeah, a long time. Ago. And it's like, and and when we were there, like it was, it's grim in the winter there, man. Like it's, it's like it's it's dark, like like midnight at like three in the afternoon. Yeah, and it's, uh, they're not the. I don't know. Like it's gorgeous. First of all. With Sweden, you know how it is. You go there, and literally every single person you see looks like a supermodel. Smoke it's shit. fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, and then you know me, little trolley Jewish guy walking around, <laughs> and then, but like you go to bars and shit, and which I think there's about ten Jews in all. Of Sweden. In all, of, I mean, all of fucking, I know five of them. About all of Europe these days, actually. <laughs> I think they, they they did their job pretty well back in the in the forties, but um, I wouldn't consider it a job. Yeah. Well, you don't apply for uh, genocide. <laughs> I'm sure people did. I'm sure they had aptitude tests and shit for those SS guys. They must, I mean, they, they would just put anybody guarding the they're, camp. They're using profiles of stereotypical Jewish faces to aggravate them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the two minutes hate, but for, you know, Nazis. Um, but no, it's, and then the other thing is like, you go to a bar in Stockholm and like, I mean, you know how like Toronto isn't even here to some degree, but Toronto very much so is like, or, or East Coast in Canada. You go to a bar, like you can go to a bar by yourself and just start talking to people, and you can end up having a good time. And, sure. and it, there, you talk to people, and they look at you like you're fucking weird. They're very, very reserved. Most definitely, and you you have to prove yourself to them for them to let you in. They're very, um, you know. Uh, with, hold it close to their heart. Yeah. Oh, and it, it's to, to get a, an emotion out of them sometimes yeah. can be very, very difficult. And then it's, it's also, they, it would surprise me is they, like they're so strict about drugs there. I kind of yeah. figured it would be like, you know, like the Netherlands or something where at least with pot, it'd be, you know, because you think Sweden, liberal kind of. Yeah, European vibe. No, Everything's a little more relaxed. You can't even get like NyQuil in a drugstore there. Like, oh, it's fucking crazy. I've how tried. Yeah, no, it's nuts. <laughs> you can get like very weak aspirin and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And and pot is like, I somebody gave me a joint. I don't really smoke pot anymore. 
anymore. So somebody, like a friend of my wife's, gave me a joint, and I didn't want it. So I walked out. We were in some club. I can't remember what the fuck is Sky Bar or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. in Stuart Plan. Yeah, yeah, we, it's we, a gay bar. Yeah, exactly. And we got and we got tossed out um, for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> we was a little drunk, but uh, and so, but I had this joint in my hand, and I walked out, and there was like a lineup of people outside, and I walked oh, up to a no. guy and said, "Hey, do you want this joint?" Which in Toronto, if you do that, you're a fucking hero. Totally. You give a, the guy fucking lost it on me. Sort of yelling like, at you? Screaming at me. Like, what the fuck did I think I was doing giving him drugs? And he yeah. fucking lost his shit on me. And I couldn't, I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. Because mm-hmm. like, even in, in before it was basically, I mean, it's been basic. I mean, it's not technically, but it's been basically legal in Canada for fucking ever. Nobody yeah. else stopped. You can walk down the street smoking a joint. And have like an ounce on you. Yeah. Apparently. And, they, and yeah, and you, you might, if you get picked up, they'll give you a ticket and they'll take it away from you. But I mean, sure. you could literally walk down the street in Toronto smoking a joint in front of a cop and they won't fucking do anything. So like, if you're listening, it's the opposite of California. Yeah. <laughs> There's tumbleweeds of marijuana rolling down Sunset Boulevard. It just smells like pot every turn. Yeah. It's like, is that incense? No, that's somebody smoking a cannon on their front porch. Well, it's, it's I'd like, I'd like even Vancouver now with the, I mean, t- you know, they have the dispensaries there like they do here, but it's even less strict there. You don't need car, a card or anything in Vancouver. You can just walk into dispensaries. Yeah, because and, yeah. they know that if you don't, if they don't sell it to them, that someone on the corner, really yeah. outside the door, anyone got, we- hell over here, what do you need? Well, you hear they're doing now, like Ontario is finally going to be, they're going to be putting it in, they're, like they're going to be starting. Is like, it the LCBO Yeah, thing? well, it's not going to be the LCBO, but it's going to be like a, 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 like, like a, a franchise. A, 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 Pot LC or pot yeah, CBO, whatever yeah. it is, cannabis CBO, That's like the great. cannabis control board. But so, well, I don't it, know how organized crime feels about this, but well, it's good and it's bad though because the problem is they can charge any fucking price. They, I can't the, the, them doing it. Like first of all. As much as I fucking love it, it's fucking weird that the government's going to be a fucking pot dealer. Yeah, like, that's fucking. You strange. showed up late, asshole. <laughs> Fuck you. And then they're going to charge a fortune for it. And so I don't see it getting rid of the black market because if they're charging, you know, if they're charging too much and their or if their selection isn't good or whatever, and they're not allowing private dispensaries, so there's not going to be any competition at all. I can't monopoly. Yeah, they're going to have a monopoly, which means they can charge any price they want, and then the penalties are going to be much stricter for any black market stuff. Yeah, and I like I, I don't know if it's better or worse that they're doing it that way. I, and they've shut down all the dispensaries in Toronto because it was yeah. st- they were starting to pop up, but um, now they're, they're Chris uh, Goodwin, yeah, from Hamilton's a good buddy of mine. I see him and his girl being arrested like twice a year and for a bunch of bullshit. They had a, a dispensary open up, I think, for a day. Really nice one on King Street near the Stanley Park. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You right across the street from there, and uh, oh, was, they, like King and fucking uh, like. Uh, what is that? Like King and, and, oh. and uh, uh, John or King and... Uh, no, I guess they'd be farther over. Like King near Spadina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, the uh, other side. Yeah. yeah, the other side of Spadina. Yeah. And I was like, cool. This is right down the place from my uh, my apartment. And next day, the cops are out there pulling bags. They, they didn't even, I think, get their doors open. Well, what, what happened was after Trudeau won, uh, yeah. and, and, he, and he had said he was going to legalize pot, so I guess a lot of these... Dispensaries open in Toronto are just anticipating the need that it would be there. They figure, oh, we'll open up. It's going to be legal soon anyways. What the fuck are they going to do? But instead, they went the other way, and they fucking raided They hogged it. They took yeah. the cake, and they pulled it all into their lap. And I don't even see what the point is, because, I mean, they could just let private dispensaries happen, collect the taxes. They'd still make just as much money. But uh, Totally. And the, the contribution that they make financially and their, their you know, like Chris is, runs a, a cool business. Like, he, he's very hospitable and... Uh, he has uh, a, a wealth of knowledge, not only in the uh, marijuana field, but uh, clearly in the uh, legal aspect yeah. of it. You, <laughs> have, you, to you have, have to. You have to basically you, be like a, like a jailhouse lawyer to open one of those yeah. places. Yeah. It's, it's really crazy. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, punk rock. Yes. We can do uh, that. You're a bunch of fucking goofs. I remember in 
Grimsby, Ontario, probably in 88, BFG came to play a show at this skate, uh, skateboard park in a hockey arena uh, on, a, on a raised stage. And these guys had come in. I'd never seen anything like it. <laughs> it looked like, uh, what was that punk rock zombie movie? Dawn of the oh, Dead? Oh, no, uh, Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living yeah. Dead. They look like the cast of the Return of yeah, the Living Dead. Yeah, because they, they, did, they did, had like the, the Mad Max hockey gear, like yeah. hockey pads on with all the punk rock stuff. Yeah, yeah like yeah, they, yeah. They, it was, they were fucking great, man. They, they're, um, they're still, or I shouldn't say they're still going. Steve's still going. I remember they were yeah. big guys. Steve's still going. I mean, with, you know, the, the band, the rest of the lineup has changed, you know, a hundred times since 1988, but he's still going. He's still doing it. Really? They still play, yeah. Yeah, I've been reading, uh, there's a, a journalist, oh, fuck, I can't remember his name. He's out of Vancouver. He did uh, his company is called Fuck the Press. Oh, it's I, Chris Walter. Chris Walter. Yeah. I bought a bunch of books off of him. And his books are great. They are yeah, great. Yeah, he's, they? he's really good. Yeah. I bought like 10 of them. I've got through three of them. So every time I go home, I take one with me and read it when I'm on the road. But he think, mentioned a lot of, uh, it was a Daglo uh, book I yeah, was reading. He, yeah, because he, yeah, he, 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 he did. He wrote a book about Daglo. He wrote a book about DOA. He wrote a book SNFU, about SNFU. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's yeah. cool. I, I really, and it, you know, I'd moved to Vancouver in the early 90s, so this, a lot of the things that he'd written about was like uh, late 80s, early 90s stuff, so I was kind of around for uh, some of those bands and stuff, which coincidentally is how I got into comedy. I hmm. left Hamilton in 93, I think, yeah, fall of 93, or spring of 93, and moved to uh, Vancouver and was looking into possibly getting into music or comedy. But whatever was going on at home was not happening. So when I moved out there, I started to hang out with a lot of bands and go to shows and stuff like that and found out that there was a lot of different things going on mechanically and personally uh, to make a band work. And I realized I didn't want to be part of that. Yeah, it's too much. You got to wrangle guys and gear and the whole thing. You I can't leave my job, my girlfriend, yeah. this, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's, it's a night There's a, a laundry list of potential excuses just dealing with a secondary person. So as I started to kind of get up to the start line, uh, you know, I'd be opening for bands and things and stuff around Vancouver and, you know, minority. Uh, um, there was a whole muscle bitches, blood. Oh, God, I Did love I muscle bitches? bitches with the little tiny guitars. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. We, I, we, we, I played with them back in Toronto at like the, where'd we play with them at the, uh, the Elmo, the old, like the, the Elmo back in the day when it was really? like a fucking rundown shithole. They rock. And yeah, they were so fucking good. And he come out with the saxophone and the, yeah. with the chick and yeah, the, they, they're like the cool, weird kind of fucking mm -hmm. uh, uh, like, like uh, hair metal kind of stuff. But uh, songs yeah. about elephants and shit. I don't know, man. They were fucking good muscle bitches. The, I don't know the technical end of it, but they were had little flying Vs. Yeah, they custom made them. They made them themselves. These little tiny, but they sounded like perfect, like yeah. real full size yeah. guitars. But they were like, Wah. yeah, but they were like 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 a foot and a half long. It was they looked like little toys, but they sounded perfect. Yeah, there was there was a lot of uh, bands that were you know there was so much variety of styles of music and stuff in Vancouver around that time. I don't know what now. I think it's more of a. a you know, there's a few places around the cobalt. The music, the music, like the cobalt's done basically. I mean, the cobalt, like, because it, it, it was sold, and now it's it's more of a like a, it's kind of a dance club than anything else now. Is it? Yeah, Vancouver's really. I don't know the music scene there. Because the poor people can't afford to keep the scene alive. No, they can't it, live there. No, you can't. And you can't, like the, nobody goes to shows, and then the clubs close, and then everybody bitches that there aren't anywhere to go to shows. So, mm -hmm. Like it's it's. I don't know. I, I could go on for a long time. I, I can't yeah. stand Vancouver. Vancouver's like my. Oh, I hate Vancouver. Really? Yeah, I can't stand it. I should get it. I get it. I, you're you're you know being an Ontario guy and bringing those kind of politics to Vancouver, you're like, 
You guys are pointing in the wrong direction. Yeah, I just it's it's like this weird mix of like pretentious and gross all at the same time, which is I don't, I don't I know. I think I'm, that's how New Yorkers look at people in LA. I wouldn't be surprised. Whereas I like I came to LA, I chose And it's how London, England looks at the rest of the world. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you fucking can't. <laughs> I came to LA though just because like I mean I I I would I had the choice, right? I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna if I'm gonna do comedy, I'm gonna do it for real. I've been doing it long enough, I gotta do New York or LA. Yeah. And I, I basically chose LA because I'm proximity to Vancouver and weather. It was December. And I'm like, you know what? I, I don't want to deal with winters anymore. And I kind of thought, I, I, I didn't know anything about LA. I'd never been here before. Okay. Other than like like a few days back in like the 90s. But, um, and I kind of, I, I didn't know if I, I fucking love it. I love LA. Like, I love it here. Yeah. I, I never want to get rid of the people. Yeah, well, I get rid of everybody except the Mexicans and the Latino people could stay. Yeah. All, all the white ones gotta go. They can fucking go. But that's that's kind of true everywhere, though. Is there really anywhere you want to go where you want to deal with the white people that are there? I think white chicks are the worst. Oh, God, <laughs> get me fucking started. <laughs> they're they're ruining my career. Oh God. So well, the, I don't. So what the fuck's going on? Not, not much. I'm. Uh, you know, I'm. I was on tour in Europe. I was just did uh, two weeks in Denmark. And two weeks in Sweden, and then a couple weeks in Canada. I was trying to think of the, like the first time I like was like aware. Like when was your comedy now special? Two thousand. Yeah, so that's which I think is the first time I I ever saw you doing comedy was on that special. So you fuck this yeah seventeen years ago. Yeah, that's a good fucking special, man. Thank you. Yeah. You know what? For, for at that time and what, what was going on in my life, for me to do that and. Indirectly, it helped me get my green card. I, I won a like a Emmy award in Gemini, yeah, in Canada. So it helped bump me up to green card. But uh, you know, Mark Breslin put his arm around me after the uh, I'd won. Uh, surprisingly, you know, I was up uh, against Majunder. Yeah. Sean Majunder and uh, was that no, I guess Russell Peters was a little after that. His, yeah, uh, Russell was out. a couple yeah. years after that, and I was shocked when he told me. He goes, "Oh, you got a Gemini? I've been nominated." <laughs> you know, and yeah, his, I'm, I'm his big... career was just like a juggernaut. Well, that comedy now, especially what it did for him when the, the, someone had stuck that on YouTube. I mean, that's but there were a few good ones. Like, like yours was really good. Sean Collins had a really good one. Mm -hmm. um, Tom State. There was uh, yeah, a few. Uh, yeah, there were a few really good ones. Nikki Payne had a really mm -hmm. good one, and uh, from around that same sort of era, um, uh, uh, yeah. Jeremy Hotz has who's yeah. a, another one of my favorite uh, Canadian comics. Uh, I think Wilmont had one, Mike Wilmont. Yeah, no, I think there was more CBC comics, but there was, I think, out of every season, there was two, maybe three specials that were like, "Wow, this this is really good everywhere." This is this is a, a solid special, but there was a lot of uh, micromanaging and stuff with the comedians and how the material was going to go. I can imagine things like that. You know, I just saw Alex Nussbaum is living here. He yeah. uh, his his comedy now is really good too. Yeah, yeah, he had a he, he had a really good one. They. Um they used to do these things. Anybody who's not now, we're talking comedy. Oh now. yeah, I guess we're getting kind of like esoteric here. Yeah, there's Canadian a lot of people comedy. listening in other parts of the world. There's they used to offer um, one hour and half hour specials, kind of like what they did with HBO and Comedy Central and Showtime, and that was kind of our big thing. Yeah, because we didn't have any talk shows around that time. The Bullard, Bullard. show kind of yeah. came and went. Ed the Sock. Yeah, uh, uh, Kersner, yeah. Steve Kersner. <laughs> I did that show a couple times. It's me too. We were actually with yeah. the band. We were in the hot tub a bunch of times. Yeah, so, I did. Yeah, uh, yeah. I did a hot. They had uh, <laughs> Craig Campbell, who host Craig Campbell, <clears throat> who hosted the Ed's Night Party. I think after the radio personality. Oh, after Humble Howard. Yeah, I think Craig did it, and he calls me. He goes, "Can you come down and sit in the hot tub with two chicks?" And I'm like, "Yeah." 
It was fun, man. We did it yeah. twice. That was, you know, how many people have co-hosted that show? You know, like like Harlan Williams co-hosted that yes. show, like way, way back yes. in the day. Yes, that was probably before Rocket Man, I think. Uh, so way yeah. before, no, like the, this was like, I mean, it's back when it was still on Channel Ten, way before it was on mm-hmm. City or Much Music. It was still public access at the time. Another guy, uh, awesome. Harlan. Oh, I, 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 I love his comedy. He's so fucking. Have funny. you ever read into? I him? haven't run into him yet. No, I. And but he's fuck. If you see him and I'm around, come. It will. Oh, I, I, I Dumb love and Dumber, <laughs> fucking all that stuff. Like he, and, fucking half baked. Yes. Yeah. With fuck. Chappelle. With Chappelle. And uh, uh, I'm fuck. I with Chappelle, Jim Brewer. Brewer. Yeah. What a good cast and, in that and, fucking movie. And, and Stephen Wright and on the Stephen couch. Wright. Yeah. Fuck that uh, was such a, a, it was so perfectly casted that's to a, have Stephen Wright. I'm getting goosebumps. I saw him at Hamilton Place with my mother. God, I'd love to see Stephen Wright. Yeah, I, I that that he was great in that. That movie was really good. And I know that kind of like Chappelle and Neil Brennan. I know kind of like feel real bad about it because I guess it, it kind of like it did so poorly. It kind of fucked with their careers. I did think for really? a little while. Yeah, it did really didn't uh, do well. well I think like, Brennan talks about it in his last special. Like it's, it's uh, probably the equivalent to Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique. Yeah, it's it's where it's like, and now it's it's revered as possibly one of their better albums. Yeah, it or, gets a cult following exactly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, also obviously Chappelle now is. I mean, he, at the time in the 90s when it was done he was not the legend that obviously he is now I mean if that movie came out today it'd be a oh, gigantic fuck. hit but uh, yeah. they, they literally could almost re-release the same movie I'm surprised that somebody I'm surprised it. someone hasn't already I'm really honestly I'm surprised they're not like now with Chappelle's stature now in the industry like I'm surprised someone isn't like you know what fuck it let's re-release that and Can you uh, imagine a part two with the same lineup with oh, them, them now like a kind of dumb and dumber aspect of it it'd be great well though if I, I, though when you say a dumb and dumber aspect i saw that second dumb and dumber i don't know if maybe that's a good the idea. one with uh with jim and uh yeah the, yeah, the one the, the, not that not the stupid dumb like and dumber but, yeah oh, not, that not, was not, the worst not the ones with like the younger versions of them yes. but like the actual like jim carrey uh, uh, i'm uh, so uh hopelessly dedicated and in awe of jim uh, you know when living color was so God, influential was such a good stand-up too mm-hmm. fuck was he a good comic and i mean i don't know when the last time jim carrey did stand-up but he showed up at the comedy store the first time in like 19 years really yeah um he was looking for casting for uh i'm dying up here oh fuck so yeah, I, you know i haven't watched it yet i saw the first episode it looks great yeah but it's kind of like uh um uh, we're living it you know what I mean? I know most of the cast and uh, uh, the the nostalgia of it is is kind of cool. You know, the date, uh, 80s, I guess it is. Yeah. 70s or 80s. Uh, but um, it, at least there's some more comedy in the mix outside of stand-up that's kind of representing stand-up. Well, it's, it's funny, too. When I did that, like the, when the, those two amateur nights when I was 13, um, Breslin... I can't believe you're at the Yorkville Club. That, yeah, that's the, legendary. Yes, like I say, 1993. Like Bill Hicks played that. You know, and it's fun, it's yeah. funny, too, because like up until a couple of years ago, they still had the same process they had back then to get on the amateur night. They'd uh-huh. like call at 10 in the morning and then call back at 4 o'clock to Did see you if you got on. Did you when Jack Norman was hosting I had, it? Honestly, I swear to God, I could not tell you anything okay. about it. I was 13. 13 I couldn't yeah. tell you anything about it. And then the, you got in drugs and punk rock? Yeah, <laughs> about a year later. It's gone. The only thing I remember is that Breslin was there for the second one that I did. And I was talking in the green room. He was, I was talking to him uh, and he told me, and again, it could be bullshit. I don't know if it's true or not, but he told me that at that time I was the youngest comic who had performed there. And the person whose record I had beaten was Jim Carrey, who had 
performed oh, there no when he shit. was 14 and I had done it when I was 13. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what he said. Have you, uh, have you ran into Mark then? Uh, I saw him I, 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 briefly when I was back in Toronto doing the album. Uh-huh. I, I went and did one night at Yuck Yucks while I was there. And warm up? Yeah, I just I did because I did some warm up shows through the week. One at Corner Comedy and one at, the, at Yuck Yucks and a couple of other shows, uh, pot shows in the market. But uh, I, he was there and I, I kind of like nodded at him and said hi for a second. But I mean, it's fucking 20, no, I get it. 25 I get years it. ago. And you know how. Yeah, I get an impression from you. You've been in the business. Yeah. And you're not going to shuffle up. Hey, do you remember this time? No. Yeah, you don't really give a fuck about. Exactly. And you, uh, know. Yeah, and you know how he is. He's sitting in the corner in his back table. He's got his laptop open playing his video <laughs> games or whatever he's doing on there. And it was because they were doing the, the awards for the, because before like the, 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 the early show was they were doing the awards for the Humber program. Yeah. And so he was just there to like hand out a couple of awards. Sure. To, yeah. The those Tim Sims award. Brutal. That, yeah. Those Those Humber runs. I went to Humber. Did you did you do the program there? I did the I was there the first year. I got I weaseled my way into a scholarship. Uh, they had just started the program and they had a summer program. And Mark had brought it up and said, "Look, I'll sponsor you." There's stand up writing, blah blah blah. So I took sitcom and screenplay. Nice. And then um, from that, uh, I said, "Look at the program starting." I have no money. Mark, I told Mark, "I go, you know how much money I'm making here. I don't have ten grand for this school." So they set up a showcase, and uh, I think Martin Short was there, which is uh, another Hamiltonian. Yeah. I'm going to raise that fucking Oski <laughs> Wee Wee flag. Oh, God. And uh, they allowed me the to Tiger go Cats. In. I'm just going to say it. They tried no. to, um, no. yeah, they gave me a scholarship and then tried to kick me out three months later <laughs> for being disruptive. <laughs> I tried to bring some punk rock to comedy. Exactly. Fuck him. Right. <laughs> what, what do they What do they want out of you there? I mean, especially guys. Breslin knows who you are. Yeah, yeah. And Mark, Mark pretty much said, called me. He goes, listen, just, just kind of cool a little bit here. I, I can't help myself. You know, when I'm uh, um, bored or whatever, I become disruptive and and um, yeah, it's eighty. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. That's why you get into music and comedy is to find some zen in your life. Well, and, and and plus you get an outlet then and you can kind of, although like I say, that was my problem was apparently when I did comedy when I was 13, it wasn't, it didn't get, it wasn't the outlet out. It just made me want to be more disruptive and which yeah. is, yeah. God, yeah. can you imagine how good a fucking comic I'd be if I was like 35 or 25 years in now since I was 13 as compared to <sighs> six? Holy shit, it'd be great. Yeah, but you could have been, uh, uh, I would the have road. The, everybody you fucking meet in LA works in television. That's what I, <laughs> every other person you talk to, what do you do? I work in television. Uh, sorry, we ran out of uh, <laughs> space on the memory card. So we're back from a fake commercial. Yes. Uh, we were talking about Humber College and, um, you know, this comedy program. Uh, yeah, it was helpful for me in the sense that I learned a little more about structure and the language of television film. Yeah. You know, uh, um, I never really... <sighs> was good with story but i could make things funny so i usually team up with a writing partner and you do punch up and i do punch up yeah. and kind of drive the story a little bit and then he'll kind of make it set a sense well so. I, I did when i first moved to la i i did that like the sketch writing thing at ucb i took a course there oh, okay which because i want i mean because I, I, I figured i'm here and I, I mean as far as a day job goes i'd love to be doing that just to kind of support this other thing that i'm doing but uh i wasn't a big fan of ucb i thought i would be because i like the people who started it's another it, but click the, right yeah it's a whole other it's that whole the whole kind of alt scene here in in la is kind of weird it's i mean i have no problem with it some people are doing some cool stuff i just it's just too segregated yeah i don't go over very well in the alt rooms and i don't know i could but aesthetically you look like a guy who would th- th- 
thrive. You think, but because you have roots in Canadian entertainment, which is a, a little uh, American and a little Monty Python. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you have a, a probably a better rounded picture of what's good and what's not. Well, it's also I'm, there's only so many comics I can sit through who like they're, they're like they're, there's just there's no ex- like like uh, an entire set about how their gap year in Costa Rica didn't go well or you know like yeah. an entire set about how their dad Dribble. didn't pay that much attention to them when they were a kid and a lot of whining. Yeah, exactly. And then a lot of also and I know this is a terrible thing to say, and I mean, like, I like it when the comedy scene is supportive to some degree, but it's it's a little too supportive in that scene. I you need a little bit of a you can't you can't rip on each other. You can't kind of like you need a little bit of like edge to it. And them, they're just all so friendly and happy with each other, and it's kind of weird. It's all fraudulent yeah. happiness because when you're on stage, there's no one else there. Yeah, and I really, you know, I I do like some camaraderie. You know, I've but usually it's based in. Uh, people and uh, that I've come up with, we have a long. Yeah. I know what I'm, I know what, who they are. Where you run into this uh, silliness. Well, you also know coming out of the punk rock world, like that's it's. I mean, there's camaraderie, but it's a whole different kind. You know, it's just you know, it's people fucking trashing each other constantly, and it's well, they're fun. testing you. Yeah. How punk are you? Exactly, and that's. I mean, that's How when I came out of that for twenty you? years. Yeah, yeah. I think I do. I like that. You know, that's why. You know the. 70s and 80s of comedy. I don't know if it was the cocaine, <laughs> but it was wild. Yeah. You know, everything was art in general was a, a little more wild. And that's the thing I kind of glorify in my head is this bell bottom thing is going to come back again. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd love it to go back to like that kind of Wild West sort of thing. Everybody just fucked up all the time and doing whatever they're doing. And I mean, I'm not saying everything You've used to be. You've been down that road with the band, well, so that exa- doesn't really ex- appeal with it. Exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, but I don't, I mean, for me personally, I don't, I mean, my doing lots of drugs days are kind of over. Like I'm fucking old. I don't really do drugs anymore. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even really drink that much anymore. But I just mean, and I don't mean like things should go like, Kinnison level, like fucking G.G. Allen. Yeah, or G.G. Allen level <laughs> fucking. But I just mean like, I don't know. I'm it's, trying to just stay under that. It's kept me out of a lot of corporate gigs. It's it's so, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Throwing shit on a cruise ship. Yeah, probably not a great idea. Or, and then eating it. Um, <laughs> yeah, straight from the tap in some cases. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, no, it's, it's I, like, what, what, I mean, it is what it is. I, I like the LA scene. It's just, you know, it's the comedy and scenes in general now. Or it's just so weird with the internet and the way that it, it's it's like, what you, how careful you have to be about everything. Mm-hmm. It's just such a fucking pain in the ass. I, whole, w- I will not be careful. No, which is great. It's just that, unfortunately, then you got fucking an asshole with a cell phone in every fucking show sticking your thing that you put out of context on the internet and then the next thing you know it's fucking it's crazy yeah and i think i don't know if i had any kind of foresight i think after that comedy now um after playing their rules to, to as much as i could eat uh and then being in europe and finding that there was a lot of festivals music festivals and with comedy there was a huge draw Really? Now, what was it like? Like with a comedy stage, or like comics in between bands, or there's a a stage. You know, uh, I've done like download like seven times in Hmm. Sonosphere and Bloodstock, and uh, really, um, that sounds fucking fun as hell, man. um, uh, Yeah, maybe uh, a dozen Metal Town in Sweden, a dozen of these festivals. But I opened for Mayhem. So it was a tent at Metal Town. It's like um, unleashed me and mayhem. 
and the transition from extreme, you know, black metal to comedy was seamless. Really? It's so it worked. Perfect. Because I, because I, I mean, obviously not at that, at that scale, but I mean, I've done those shows where it's like comics and then, or like bands and then co- like being up as a comic in between the bands and some of those shows can go really bad. Like sometimes and, it's... Well, we're doing shows at the Big Bop. Yeah. That, that's where I'd go, you know, and hang out at those shows, go, can I do stuff in between sets? And more times than not, it was awful. No, yeah, because nobody wants to, like they're, they're just, they're awful. not they're not in a comic mindset. They're, they're especially in between bands, that's their time to talk to each other and go get beer. And yes. I did it at the Bovine a bunch of times, the yes. same thing. Like, oh, I bombed there, I think every single time yeah it's just it's yeah it's not a but i can see i guess if in a big festival like that and people actually know you're going to be coming up like they're they're expecting comedy as well as music like they're but they they weren't that's the thing really the audience is in um like there was a a small population of people that had come there to see me specifically but the majority of the audiences were just people there oh there's a comedian let's go see what that's all about and not fuck with it is it? What do you think? Do you think it's European audiences? Do you think yeah, that's the it's difference? More, it's more already like there's there's they're more open. You know how they have like uh, Ron Jossel we here early, and he said I do. Uh, when I first got here, he was doing a Filipino comedy show mm. called Slanted. Okay, so they have like these North American kind of, especially in the U.S., black this, Asian this, that that. Mm. So you're you're kind of under the. Yeah, like they, they they pigeonhole your thing. This is yeah, what you are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's p- keeping the stereotypical horseshit going, <laughs> right? That's why I'm sure you've been to shows here when you're like the subject matter and the the material is from the '90s. Yeah, you've seen oh, so many comics, God. and you're like, where have you been? Yeah, you're- and and the, the thing is, sometimes those people fucking kill. Most times yeah, they do. They fuck. It's so terrible. Oh, I know what he's talking. It's I've so heard that before. Fucking hor- I, yeah. Nothing in the world I, I hate more than seeing a fucking hacky comic kill, oh. like just doing the Monica Lewinsky jokes. Well, you're and in shit. Satan's asshole. I right know. Now. It's but it's but you're but I don't know. But there's I mean there's some cool stuff here too, right? Oh, most I mean, definitely. Yeah. I wouldn't have been here for nine years if if there wasn't something draw. I again I, it's beautiful and uh, at the same time. Uh, being unwanted here is a, a gift. <laughs> it's tough to get in. It's tough to. I'm still trying to figure out how to get into like the, the whatever the next level is. Like, sure, you know, like I, I mean, I, a lot it, of hanging around. Yeah, that's basically what I'm finding and exhausting. And you, I think you you've been in the business at other ends of it and know that. I got shit to do. I don't need to hang around. I just point me where to perform. Yeah, well, that. that's it, it's it's very nebulous, kind of like you know this over here. This is kind of the process, and then this over here. There isn't really a process. You just kind of hang around until somebody decides that they feel like taking a look at you. Or yeah, yeah it's kind of weird. I was I would, again. I was talking with Ron earlier. It, it's kind of the equivalent of what you would see the workers hanging outside of Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you, they've kind of showed up and they've all got some skill sets. And then some guy backs up with a truck and goes, you, 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 and you. And really, like, really. I've been doing comedy for 20 years and I'm very good. At, well, it doesn't matter. I like this guy's smile. Yeah. He's going to be doing this show. That's a really good fucking analogy because that's exactly what it's like. And you're standing there shoulder to shoulder with yeah. a bunch of other guys. <laughs> pick me, pick me. Yeah. Uh, price yeah. is right. God. <laughs> yeah, that was a trip, man. That was, um, I went on my birthday, la- or well, the, like uh, back in January to mm-hmm. just as a, just, uh, I just wanted to go. I just wanted to, you know, it's the fucking price is right. And Jack Black was hosting. It wasn't well, uh, Drew. No, it was Drew was hosting. Jack Black was there. It was like Celebrity Charity Week. So Drew was hosting, but Jack Black was like there to help us play the games. And how nice is Drew? 
Drew's super nice. Yeah. Uh, like super nice. Jack Black was also very nice. Everybody yeah. like they, they weren't assholes at all. Even yeah. after like what happened, he was very fucking cool about it. And you want to describe it's yeah. online if people are curious, but yeah, I'll can, let you tell the story. So you uh, go, you wait in the, I'm assuming you wait in the yeah, long line yeah, up you in get, the sun you, you, for like, hours. You have, you have, you get tickets for, and you got to be there at like 8am and you know, you're going to be inside, but you got to wait and you can go through this whole long ass process. And then what I'd done is like, I'd read a whole bunch of articles online about people who'd been on the show and they all said kind of the same thing it's like if you want to get called down they say it's random but it's not at all what oh you, no two guys stand on either side and they scan the audience well it's even before what they do is when you're going in they take this they group of, they do these pre-interviews where they take like 20 to 30 people aside and then a guy like the warm-up comic just kind of goes down the line just kind of asking questions and what i kind of read is if you are the most like balls out bonkers out of your yeah. mind enthusiastic yeah. person in your group during the pre-interview yeah you will get called down and so i just went fucking ape shit during yeah. the pre-interview and they're so they're watching the groups they know where yeah. they're seated and they're watching for yeah contestants. Like, like they want the they, they, they do not talk. like if you ever <sighs> if you ever want to go on the prices right don't let whatever voice in the back of your head says oh no, maybe i'm going too far no. do not fucking hold back yeah. go as far as you can and so i went and they called me down like the third person they called down I also told them it was my birthday because it was and obviously that ah. helps too because they like a birthday person to come down sure I get called down and I win my bid right away like to, on the, the thing if it's fucking freaky man it's like because yeah it's Drew instead of Bob Barker but otherwise it's exactly the same like none of the yeah. sets have been updated yeah. or changed it's they wheel shit out on yeah. wheelie car it's all very uh, even dollar like, store dude it literally it's like walking like stepping into your childhood it's fucking weird and so i called out and then i lost my pricing game because i didn't i which was just some game i'd never heard of where i had to like like choose which items were more expensive and i didn't pick the kielbasa that jack black told me to pick <laughs> the movie star ever tells you to pick the kielbasa pick the kielbasa is Anyways. he rooting for you yeah oh yeah he was he was like really really trying to help um and then when i did the, the wheel to go to the showcase i spun 95 so you win your showcase well, no, before this, I lost my pricing game, but you still get to spin the wheel oh, okay. to go to the showcase. And I spun 95 cents on my first spin. That's like, and it's, it's like the second largest. Second, yeah. The, the, only thing, the only thing that could have beat me was a dollar. So I spin 95 and I high five Drew and I go running over to Jack Black to high five him. And oh. I fucking blew the high five and I missed and I smacked him right in the face. <laughs> he went down. And he went down. He now, went down. He, he obviously played it up a little bit. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah. like, even when you watch the video clip, they've added a sound effect of a slap because <laughs> yeah. I only kind of glanced him, but he played it. And and so, and it was funny, and you know, we had a laugh about it. And then I went on. I ended up winning the fucking showcase, which was cool. Oh, which um, win? I, I, a brand I, new car. No, I wish. If I'd won a car, I would. I had to forfeit everything because uh, it's the taxes are, insane, oh, especially as a Canadian, yeah, uh, you yeah, have yeah. to pay like this thirty percent IRS tax. I would have had to pay like I won supposedly Half. fourteen grand in pri or thirty grand in prizes. I would have had to pay like four, fourteen grand in order to collect. And it was like I won two trips, which you can't resell them. You have to go on them, and they value them like at three times what they would actually cost. Yeah. So it's just not worth it. So yeah. I ended up, they ended up sending me a check for a grand a few months. I think because I did a few, a bunch of these interviews talking about how I forfeited everything. Ah. And I think they, they heard them. And so they called me like three months later and like, we're going to send you a thousand bucks, which was nice of them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But that's anyway, cool. It, it aired like a month and a half later. And when it, I thought like me winning the showcase would be the, like the big deal that I was really happy about. I had kind of you forgotten about they the were going to cut the slap out. Or? I didn't think they'd cut it. I just didn't think it was that big a thing. Cause in the yeah. moment it just felt like, Oh, I just kind of tapped him in the head and you know, he fell down. It was kind of funny, <laughs> but they, they cut that clip up and they put it on their Facebook 
they're like the Price is Right Facebook That's thing, and I then he reposted it himself, Jack Black. Yeah, and then it went fucking crazy. Yeah, fire, like millions and millions of hits. <laughs> I just shut down my fucking internet for a while because I just couldn't like do anything. Was your you, obviously your name was attached to? So oh you yeah, were getting, everything. You were getting it, some traction from it. It, it was just I got interviewed by like uh, CBC and Toronto Sun and that uh-huh. kind of shit. But and I mean whatever, it's a fucking violent like, Canadian. Yeah, it's the oh, it goes in the Hollywood dude punching it, celebrities. It, it was on CNN. It was on Fox News, which means Donald Trump fucking saw it. If it was on Fox nice. News, and you know he fucking laughed at it too. <laughs> yeah, God, you know he did. That yeah. fucking Hollywood celebrity getting smacked in the face—that's exactly the kind of shit he would. Oh, like. totally. But um, and I mean, it's like the dumbest thing in the world to be like, I, like that's the one thing. If I don't do anything else in comedy now, that's all I'm going to be remembered for is the guy who fucking slapped Jack Black. That's in the not face. bad, you know. Uh, on the Price Is Right is uh, I, I went. Drew was at the improv one night. And uh, saw me perform and said, listen, here's my assistant's phone number. If you ever come to The Price is Right, you can come down. You can't compete in the showcase, but we'll see you in the front. Nice. And uh, I went in there with my uh, goth girlfriend. So we're the only people in black. And you know it's like Skittles and electricity in there. Everything's brightly colored and people are going Yeah, they go fucking crazy. Mental. I was, I was, it was contagious. I was feeling happy. And it's weird when you're there because you can't hear the music. Like, like they, you can't hear anything. Like, mm-hmm. you can't hear the music. You can't hear the. You can't even hear them call you down. Like, they have to hold up cue cards and stuff because yeah. everybody's just going so fucking out of their minds. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's it, arguably one of the happiest places in the world. It's great. It really is. And and I I, I was like you. I went like not dressed or prepared for it. I didn't think anything was going to happen. I went like not shaved and wearing like a, like a, like a shitty Sleeping t-shirt. Sleeping bag over your yeah, shoulder. Yeah, like I looked like such a bum when I was on stage. I actually remember like being on stage standing next to Jack Black and had been sweating so much. I'm like, fuck, I got to like not stand too close because I fucking smell like stink salt right lake. now. Yeah, it's, this is not good. <laughs> well, that's great. You know, yeah. like as far as, you know, uh, coming to LA and doing, it's not obviously your dream but uh, to have those moments, it's you're gonna, it's cool. It is. It's hey, listen. It's, it, even though I had to give up all the prizes, it's still a blast. It's still a great story, and it was still a super amount of fun. I mean, what a great birthday! But um, and it's you know what, like yeah, it's a dumb thing to be kind of like like to go viral for. But you know, I got some bookings out no, of it, and no, I got no, some it was, interviews. It was, and, it was an honest mistake, yeah, in in a, in a, uh, um, a, a funny way. So it, it took on its own life. You have no control over it. Anymore. No, exactly. And it's not like you're up on uh, some sort of charge no exactly and I, it was for like a very brief moment i was the cash me outside girl and uh uh-huh. it was yeah i i got some twitter followers out of it so i guess that's uh very that's cool. good yeah well, you said you've been here for how long now uh, just about a year december in like two weeks it'll be a year fantastic yeah. and what other uh, hollywood moments have you had because it's weird because you'll you'll be in you know uh, people gotta go eat and go outside so you run into people. You see them, yeah. Like you, it's How just, many times you run into Ron Jeremy since you've been here? I haven't run into him. I was supposed to, uh-huh. but because I, I, I ran into um, uh, my friend, uh, Mar- do you know Mars uh, Roberts, DJ Mars? He used to, he was a DJ in Toronto for years. He used to DJ Cash 22 and at Velvet and a yeah, bunch of places. Yeah, I, I was talking, well, Spooky Ruben. Yeah, oh yeah. He's a buddy of mine, and I met him at the Kibbutz Room. <laughs> Where Spooky does his show, and I met your buddy Max or Mars. Well, Mar- sorry, Mars. Well, the funny thing is, because Mars made. The- I was in Sweden when they were doing the premiere there, but I had to leave the day before. The guy who Spooky Ruben plays in the movie is based on me. Because ah. twenty years ago, I worked in the office like I with Mars. No, 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 it's it's based on this telemarketing office we used to yeah. have for a day job, and ah. I worked there with Mars. And Spooky plays a guy named Junior, which I was Junior. That was oh, me. So Spooky's shit. actually playing me in the movie, and so yeah. I was at the 
the LA premiere, and so I did. Ron Jeremy wasn't there, but I did run into Nina Hartley, which was cool. I so. saw her. I was gonna go in. I was in the neighborhood, and I walked by, and I saw Nina come up the street, and they were looking. I go this way, and then her boyfriend goes, "Do you know who she is?" I go, "Of course, I get a, a cock." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what guy yeah. out there doesn't know who Nina, Nina Hartley, Hartley is? He goes, "Oh, I didn't know she was that famous." Clearly, her boyfriend was younger than me <laughs> and uh, didn't know that the weight that she had had in the uh, adult film industry. Yeah, how could you not? Jesus. She grabbed my ass. It was very. It was a big moment for me. A big, wow. big moment for me. Nina Hartley grabbed my ass. So, yeah, that's a good Hollywood L.A. moment. <laughs> there you go. Right there. Yeah, it's like porn stars and, and rockers. You know, if there the are certain people you see around all the time. I fucking see Kevin Smith everywhere I fucking go. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he's usually at the uh, Ice House and the Improv doing his uh, show. No, I'll see him like at that farmer's market on uh, like uh, by at Sunset, uh, on Sunset ah, there. And, like, cool. Sunday. Yeah. In the, a hockey jersey? Yeah, of course. The same fucking hockey jersey every time. Or, uh-huh. you know, like I was working on Melrose for a while. You'd always see people fucking walking up and down totally. or driving around in those fucking crazy cars you see everywhere here. <laughs> but They look fuck. like model cars like there's the the, the attention to detail of how much money's been dumped in those it, things it's you see a lamborghini in toronto maybe once a year or, yeah. or two here you see like 12 of them a day it's bentley's, fucking crazy rolls royces and they paint them so terribly too there's like bentley's with camouflage on them and shit it's yeah. like why do you do that to the, or i guess they don't paint them they it's the wraps but still why do you fucking do that to such a nice car because they're rich and they don't give a fuck <laughs> which i guess yeah you could get a bentley and live off of that the rest of your life it's I we just moved my wife and I just moved to like just at the bottom of the Hollywood Hills like just like mm-hmm. just where it starts to go up and so I was, I was bored one day I was like fuck it I'm just gonna walk up and check out the the fucking sh- the houses up there like it's yeah. it's 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 crazy go up at Runyon Canyon yeah. and just look over that ravine and it's it's mansions yeah stuff. it's nuts it's crazy this town is like the opulence in this place is is insane Russell. Bought a house in uh, Hidden Hills. It's nine thousand square feet. Jesus Christ! I haven't run I, into him yet. I'd really like to. Yeah. Yeah. You you should. He's uh, he's he's my my brother, man. He's yeah. He's great. I fuck. I remember watching him. Remember back that fucking. Oh, you, you must have done it too. Actually, I can't remember if I ever saw you on there. That fucking that comedy at Club Fifty Four thing yeah. in Burlington. Did you do that? The bad guy thing. I met Russell. Yeah. I re- I'd moved back from Vancouver. And uh, I was trying to get on the Club 54. I'm like, I, I'm in comedy. I got to start showing my face. Yeah. Maybe get on TV. I didn't know what was what. Russell was a headliner. I, I knew exactly who he was from his CBC comics and stuff like that. And Ben Guyot, uh, Russell didn't even shake my hand. He looked at Ben and he goes, you need to put this guy on television. Nice. After my set. And we've been friends. What a fucking since. great guy. Yeah. I got, I, like I say, I haven't met him yet. I'd really like to, but um, yeah, like that's the first time I remember seeing him when I was like a teenager on that comedy at club 54. Like he ground, he grinded for years before he like blew. I mean, now he's the biggest comic in the world, but yeah. uh, like, I mean, for like, if you didn't know from this, like I just remember seeing him on like shitty television shows in Canada for like 10 years. Yeah. Of just him doing, like yeah. you say, comedy at club 54, or, you know, those, those, those shitty, like old, just for laughs, uh, uh, things they used to yeah. put on TV back up. Like when, when the com- this, do a little bit of that. Yeah, when they the comedy network had no content, so they would just broadcast any uh, uh, stand-up comedy content they could find was, anywhere. Yeah, yeah, they knew the comedians will work for nothing. Yeah, still, and, they uh, still apparently yeah. will work for, will, well, will pay nothing for the comics Video there. on trials. I yeah. think comics were getting a couple hundred bucks for those, and that was the most popular show on 
much. Yeah. Well, that or that uh, that even recently that 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 keys to the VIP thing. I think they were like they weren't paying the comics for that or something. Keys to the VIP. I remember vaguely. It was this dumb. It was this. No, it was this dumb show where like they like they like some comics would like sit around and like talk about girls in the like VI in like the VIP areas and nightclubs and shit. Yeah. In Canada. Yeah. How corny is that? There were a couple like who who was I think Monty Scott was that chick over there from Sarnia with the black eye and the colostomy bag. (laughs) She's been looking at me with her lazy. God, those are cornball horseshit shows. Yeah, they're terrible. Well, that's it's you know Canadian TV. Canadian TV is about ninety percent fucking horseshit, and then ten percent amazing. But, yeah, uh, yeah. But, you get a Kids in the Hall once in a while. Yeah, Kids in the Hall, greater. You know, it's like SCTV, and then Kids in the Hall, and then what? House of Frightenstein. House, yeah, hilarious House of Frightenstein was like, well, you're from Hamilton, so I guess yeah, that was that's some that's some Hamilton shit right there. That uh, yeah. Uh, that, was, that was CACH, I think, originally back in the mm-hmm. day. There's a few. I mean, Corner Gas wasn't bad. I, I, I've met Brent Bott a couple times. Mm-hmm. He's a nice guy. And uh, that show was, I mean, for Canadian TV, it's pretty it's good. It's typically Canadian. And mm-hmm. obviously, it's been on there for a long time. So there is yeah. an audience for it. I can't. It, I don't really relate to it, obviously. Uh, it's not my, uh, I'm trying to. Uh, it's very mild. It's, it's a footloose thing yeah. for me. I want to be Kevin Bacon. I don't want to be the sheriff. Yeah. I understand completely. That's another great analogy. Fuck, you're on fire with those things, man. <laughs> I just draw lines where I see fit. Yeah. There's no context. It's just, uh, yeah, anyway. Makes perfect sense to but, me. But uh, you're doing shows. Do you have shows? Uh, right now? No, because I, I, like, I, I've just... That's like every other comic in LA. There's an ah... Uh, yeah. Pause because it's like I'm fucking trying to. Yeah, I don't have. What do I have right now? I ha- oh, I got a I got a roast battle uh, November 21st, I think. Yeah, November 21st. Uh, so yeah, the comedy store. Yeah, the comedy store. So if you're around the comedy store and want to stop in the belly room on the 21st, I'm. I'm Get ro- there early. Yeah, seriously, it's packed. The and- place holds. 60 people and they put 100 in there. Yeah, they really they really it. And I need to my last couple of roast battles have been fucking awful, so I got to redeem myself a little bit. Well, uh I could contribute. Please. Do you, who who's your uh, uh, he's com- he's a com- actually, I don't know if you've seen him. He's a comic named Mike Ishak. He's a he's a, a, a Middle Eastern dude, former marine. He's fucking hilarious. He's a yeah. funny funny fucking comic. Did you approach him or did he approach you? Uh well, we kind of decided together. We were it was at, at my last roast battle. We were talking and uh, we I mean, we, we've been friends like since kind of not long after I moved here and mm-hmm. and like we did the Ice House a couple times together and uh, he's uh, and so and plus just with the Jew and Arab thing, we figured we could get some Is there traction some tension there. Yeah. Really? Well, no, no, there's no real tension. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. I don't know. Maybe, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just don't like the beards. That's what it is. Uh, You're more curls? Yeah, exactly. I, 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 the hair should be up here, not down here. But um, no, so that's going to be. A, bring in a hundred year old war into the comedy store. God, yeah, exactly. So that's going to. I did the last, like, not the last roast battle. The one I did before that was, I. it was a dumb one. I, I ended up doing the, like, July 4th one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went wearing a Canadian flag. So I already dug myself, like, a huge hole. And then I just could not dig myself out of it. Ah. It did not go well. I really wanted to, too. I like. I really wanted to, like, win one for Canada. Show but, up, representing. But that's the thing. Uh, I did it once early, early in the uh, stages of the show. And uh, it was, uh, I didn't, I didn't hate the guy enough 
to uh, really, and, and then the stuff that it was brought out on me was kind of sad. That's you know what I'm. I don't think like I kind of did it the first time just because I I like it's not really like a strong suit for me, so I just kind of wanted to flex that muscle a little bit, see if I can do it. And then the first one went re- yeah, and the first one went really well. So then I got cocky and thought, oh maybe I can fucking do this. Yeah. And then the next few have just been pretty terrible. So now my record right now is two and two. I just want to like win one more so I get like a winning record, and yeah. then I think this will probably be my my last one. Well, that's definitely a, a good entry level way to make a name in the city yeah you know there's some other backdoor things that you can get on where you're not necessarily being picked to be booked on shows but things like roast battle well roast battle or you know what and i mean like i obviously won't fucking do them in most places but like i'll do a fucking bringer at the comedy show if it if it'll get me on stage there because yep. it's that's what you got to do it's it's yeah it's, it's, it's not personal no it, it is what it is and it's you know what there's people who have been putting their time in there for a long time so it's, it's not like i like i feel like i'm entitled to jump any you know that's cues or anything like that working class kid coming out yeah. I'll, I'll do my it's like i always approach it as like a, an apprenticeship to any trade it's exactly right i so, mean it's kind of i mean it sucks like because i you know i'd gotten not that i was you know doing you know like super hot in canada but i got into a certain point in canada where i was you know able to get book shows whenever yeah. and i was able to you know make a few bucks here and there you, and then you come here and you got to start you know for less all than zero yeah less which is fine and i was happy with that it was kind of fun going back and just doing you know four or five open mics a night again and just Meaning, yeah, yeah, and meeting new comics, and you can kind of, you know, like just start. Nobody, there's no preconceived notions of anything, and you can just kind of build your start again. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. But now I'm at the point where, yeah, I've been here for a year, and I like to start. I'd, I'd like to get to a point where I can, you know, like like do the clubs on a more regular basis. So yeah, yeah, which would repetition be nice. is very difficult here. It's it really not is a taste for repetition, but. uh where can people get a hold of you? Uh, I well, I have um, a uh, oh fuck, my website is down right now, so that's fucking terrible. Uh, I, I, I my Twitter is Kill Andrew Fox, my uh, Instagram is Kill Andrew Fox, my Facebook is Andrew Ryan Fox, and uh, I have AndrewRyanFox.com. Although if you go to it right now, uh, you won't get it's on anything. hold. Yeah, it's it's uh, it'll it'll be like it, it it's down right now, just revamping it with the album coming out. So yeah, and I've got my album that I yeah. just recorded in Toronto, live, Andrew Ryan Fox live at the Velvet Underground. Uh, which was recorded in Toronto, which uh, I finally just got some of the rough mix today, mm-hmm. and it will be... It's re- a long re- process. Yeah, it's fucking... Oh. It's a nightmare. And it, that will be released uh, within the next month or so, and then, yeah, uh, that'll and be your good. music. And then, yeah. Are you, do you still... We, represent your well we did like the three tarts officially broke up like as a full-time band and i think two, i saw you guys at sneaky d's i i would not be surprised yeah. we played there quite a bit yeah. uh we broke up as a full-time band in 2009 and then we kind of every two years or so we would do these reunion shows mm-hmm. because we could still fill a room with a if we did it once every like it used to be we could fill a room whenever annually then it, was, then it was like we had to do it once a year to fill a room and then it was once every two years and then i think like the last one we did we did it out at the rock pile okay. in uh in uh, uh like uh, almost mississauga there and yeah, uh, yeah. Etobicoke and like the, like 30 people showed up and we were kind of like you know what maybe that this is we, we are now past the thing but you can find I mean listen you can go on any of those streaming services Spotify or um, uh, Google Play or Pandora or any of those and you can find all the three tards records are on there Wicked. and if you do live somewhere in Canada that still has a record store which I think there might be one or two left around you can probably find us in those too but uh, other than that yeah you can look up the three tards uh, we're all over the fucking internet and there's a lot of 
pictures and video of me naked and all over the uh, fucking place. So. Me too. Yeah. Well, thank you uh, for being on the show. Thank Andrew. you, Jason. Man, this and, was a fucking uh, blast. I uh, we never really had a, a, any. There's always so much traffic around us when we're talking, and uh, I figured just have you come in and we'll uh, find out what's what. This is great, man. Thank you so much for having me. I no can't problem. wait to uh, yeah to listen back. I'm uh, I'm here till April, so we'll be running into each other. Oh, I'm sure a lot. Yeah, we'll come. Yeah, we'll come out to the roast battle and watch me. Yes. Hopefully, not crash and burn for another fucking. Yeah. It, it is Fight Club of comedy. It's actually, honestly, to this day, like scary. it's the scariest, like this is the scariest thing I've done since like my first year of doing comedy, like mm-hmm. by far. Yeah, like this, and like scarier the than shame of it. It's of failure is so the, crippling. The fucking the, like the the Fourth of July one. Uh, was, <laughs> Look at you! You're talking like no, even now. Flashback. Well, it's true. Well, because the Fourth of July <laughs> one is the only one I've done where Jeff Ross was actually there yeah. judging, and he just fucking tore me apart. Like just, <laughs> which is like you're getting torn apart by like the the master, the, the, the master like yeah. just just fucking rip me apart yeah. and which is and, it, it's and, it takes me like a week to recover after one like like i, I like i don't do comedy for, like if, when i lose that badly oh, you're a like, battered housewife yeah it's exactly it like i literally like i don't want to leave my house it's so so humiliating well i can't wait to see what happens <laughs> on what day uh, i i think it's november tw- is that a tuesday november 20 sorry i gotta look at a yeah. calendar here because i know Let's it's get the- a date because if people are in la regardless if uh you're, you're a fan of uh andrew here yeah sorry uh, the, me- the night is fucking insane at the comedy store belly room, is it free? Uh, I think I think roast battle costs uh, yeah. ten bucks, I believe. Yeah, it's it's worth it. it, um, it it's, and get there early. It's insane. Yeah, no, you should. Yeah, it fills up very, very, very quickly. Sorry, I don't. I just I'm trying to find a fucking calendar app here just so I can look at it. There we go. Um, it's Tuesday the twenty uh, first. Twenty first of this month. Yes, fantastic. Uh, I think I'm gonna go to Vegas. For my birthday, which is on New Year's, so there might be some shows in Vegas. I was on actually New Year's. thinking I might go to Vegas for New Year's myself. Sorry, I, I don't want to interrupt. Yeah, just because no. the Leafs are playing the Knights on on on, on New Year's Eve in Vegas. So, oh, really? Yeah. I don't really get into the. Uh, I don't follow hockey, but um, New Year's in Vegas. Uh, there's a possibility we might be on the same builder together in some form or another. That'd be amazing. That'd Fuck. be cool. Uh, thanks for listening. Oh, shit, you wanted to promote some stuff. You go ahead. Sorry, I yeah, totally yeah. interrupted you there. <laughs> you got asshole. some cool... I'm going to be, it looks like, in Europe for June and September. There's some things in the mix that I can't really discuss right now. But um, Intriguing. There'll be uh, August, Ontario, a bunch of yuck-yuck states, and uh, Vancouver the first week of April. And I think there's going to be like... There might be a Winnipeg. I've never done a gig in Manitoba. I might be doing a show in April in Winnipeg. Really? You never did the festival there? No, I don't really. It's too. It's not. It's not it's for me. Fucking Winnipeg. I'd rather go open for Mayhem in Gothenburg than do a fringe festival in Winnipeg. Then they get some good comics. I mean, Marin used to go up there a lot. And, yeah. Uh, like they got, it's, 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 I mean, I don't know. I've never been, but. Uh, I'm very uh, aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a bloodthirsty performer. You know, a lot of people leave the shows confused, and and you know, it, it's like it's an attack. They've been attacked. That's how it should be. Thank you. That's how it should be. Fuck them. Thank you. And on that note, fuck everybody. Fuck everybody. <laughs> All right. Awesome. <laughs> I don't care what society thinks. Good or nothing anyway.